The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, and John Russell. Yay! Yay! Wow, great a, to be here. It's a party in here. Great to be here. Uh, a little nervous. I'm sitting next to Ajay. He likes to throw things. Yeah, if he you can get a little violent, if you sometimes. say really stupid things just to be stupid, then yes, I'm gonna throw something. At so you. basically, you throw things at yourself every day. Well, no, because I have legit backup reasons to why I'm saying what I'm saying. Uh, let's get on with it, Eric. <laughs> I'm, I'm already See, you're you're more in striking distance there, John, so you can do what I can't. Look, Here, John's actually good at it. I remember listening to John over the years. I never felt like I needed to throw anything at him. Here's the thing. I think most of our <laughs> listeners have seen the video clip. The poor young lady that went to throw the first pitch out and nailed the photographer oh, yeah. who yes. was like at a 45 degree angle wasn't even close <laughs> i am i'm about 45 degrees from Ajay, so i'm i'm afraid that if he throws something at you it's it will hit me him. so gonna, that's what i'm more worried about if anything about. it's going to ricochet off the uh, something uh, and just and drill you hey we're excited to have you this is going to be fun Great to be here. Honestly, no, really, it's, it's just, this is cool. To have John Russell, up. full court press alum. You can also hear him after the Aggie basketball games. Does an incredible on job. KVNU Aggie. Oh call. my gosh! Yeah, very excited uh, about. I'm ready for basketball to start. I know we've got football before that, but with with Kata coming back, everything that's happening. I think Mr. Merrill, because I I call him that because he's awesome. Did you see Andy Katz put together? He went through different regions of the country, and here's mm-hmm. my top 25 players for this region. And in the West region, Sam Merrill is his number five guy. Yeah, Doris Namish. Don't doubt it. And and I think really with we're, we're going to talk about lots of other things today, but uh, just with the way the season ended, I, I I'm I'm a little disappointed with some Aggie fans. This is a team that was picked at the bottom of the Mountain West coming yeah. into the conference and with yeah, what they did to run up really Washington the Pac twelve really was looked down upon last year and but Washington was a really good team, especially defense. They they played a defense that the Aggie basketball team had not seen well, all year and, and they got caught in it. Uh so I'm really excited about it. Football's gonna be amazing. Uh don't wanna get past that, but it's it's summertime. And I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be with you guys. No, it's going to be uh, fun. But Very only an hour? I thought it was three, four hours. And, uh, we did, and then Eric's like, look, I've got, <laughs> I'm going to Jamaica or Siberia or something like that. <laughs> Jamaica then, or, or Siberia. Siberia. Yeah. I mean, it's something like that. It's, it's just choices. It's just 25-minute <laughs> drive from each other. Uh, no, this is great to have you along, John. It's going to be fun. Uh, By the way, to answer your question, uh, Andy Katz does not have Namiya Keta in whole, his top 25. How do you not have – okay, with all due respect to Sam, great basketball player, don't get me wrong, but that team went as far as Namiya took him last year. Am I way off guard in saying that? But Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me double-check there. Uh these are his favorites for the Jerry West Award. Okay, that okay. makes All sense. Right. That, that's, there we go. That's an important clarification. <laughs> <laughs> Although, so Sam Merrill, number five in the country, not just in the West. So I apologize. I missed. 
Way to do your research before that. you read that on air. Although I think Kata, you you tell him that he'll take offense to that and he'll be like, "Oh, I'll play Isn't guard." Isn't it crazy? I can do that, John. That we'll have not one but two players competing for Mountain West Player of the yeah. Year this year on the same team. Yeah. Well, it's uh, <laughs> again. I'm sorry to have gotten distracted. You know, no, got us sidetracked. But uh, those two guys, everybody's going to know what they're getting out of them. I think the key to the Aggie basketball team this year are going to be those those supporting players. Sure. And and you know that sounds kind of standard coach speak kind of thing. You know Kata and Merrill are going to do the job. I go back to back in the days, uh love him or hate him, Kobe Bryant when they won was not when he scored 50 60 points. It's when everybody else got involved and was able to participate, able to, you know, get get a touch on the ball, get a basket do something. I think that's what's going to happen with the Aggies. Merrill's still going to put up his his quiet 20, which he seems to do every night. Kate is still going to have you know several dominant defensive plays, uh, and hopefully his offensive game improves, but it's going to be the other guys that step up, and that will be the difference between uh, making a nice little run in the tournament and just getting another invite. Sure. Uh, got a lot to get into. Ricky Rubio again. We, we, we briefly went over his comments yesterday where he said, honest uh, Spanish radio or I guess in Spain on a radio station where he was told that, or he said, claims that Utah told him he's no longer a priority to the team. What's next for the Utah Jazz? Anthony Davis, as you already heard, as uh, I guess New Orleans has announced that they are absolutely looking and are open to trade talks for Anthony Davis, which means Anthony said thanks, but no thanks. I'm ready to move on. Uh, what does that mean for the rest of the NBA? Free agency. I know we've said this a billion and one times, Eric, ad nauseum. But free agency this summer is going to be the most chaotic free agency. And I love what John said off the air after a show. Um, he has said, it's just that first domino to fall, and then everything else is just going to go with it. Whether they all fall in order or not is yet to be seen. But that first domino, whether it's Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, it, after all that, then we'll see. I would suspect that Anthony Davis may be the first domino to fall. That mm-hmm. might happen before... The free, free agency, agency period opens up, but would you wait till after the? Okay, now I mean, bear with me here. But the draft opens up what June twenty fourth, right? Uh, if well, when the New Orleans Pelicans take Zion Williamson, do I mean? Wouldn't you wait to see what the Knicks offer you for Anthony Davis? Would you wait to like, till the draft night or after the draft? Maybe New York wants to move up in the draft. Yeah, good point. For what? To get Zion, they aren't. There's. No, I mean, you. What would you possibly give to New Orleans to get Zion? I don't know. I know, we'll give you James Dolan and half of Madison Square Garden's concession stands. <laughs> what are you going to give them? There, nobody's. Yeah, Knicks aren't getting Zion. Let's just be very clear about that. But no. the question is, to like, what what does New Orleans want their team? Uh, how do they want to build around Zion mm-hmm. and the other young stars that they already have? So, what can they get in return? Uh, for, for Davis. Yeah. And, and who are they eyeing? And, you know, I think that I, I look to see New Orleans make a trade prior to the draft. Uh, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get a draft pick this year out of that trade. No, yeah, but, absolutely. But just simply the fact it, it puts them in a position where if they know Davis is going, you need to start rebuilding now. And, and the way to do it is through the draft. So if you can get New York to say, yeah, we'll give you our pick, or the Lakers say, you know, we'll give you Ingram Kuzma and Ingram Kuzma and our number one pick, 
that puts New Orleans in a position where they can say, okay, we know that we've got the number one pick, which we know is going to be Zion, and then the Lakers are what? They're sixth? No, they're third, third fourth. They're fourth. fourth. So you know you've got the first and fourth, and you want to know that in advance of going into the draft. You That's don't a good want point. the night before sitting there going, oh, surprise. Yeah, we know we've got Zion, but where do you want to go with number four? Uh, and who's not to say that they don't turn around and and whatever pick they trade for, go to somebody else and say, we like the fourth pick, but we really like Derek Favors, and not oh. that this is going to happen, but you know we're going to give you the number four pick for Favors. You, there's so many pieces that come into play. Uh, I'm with you. I, um, I, I don't see Zion going anywhere else, uh, but it's it's other picks what could happen. Do Eric, let me ask you. I mean, if you're – New Orleans, you're asking for the highest bidder, right? I mean, the highest price. You want gold, Frankenstein, what else? Whatever you can get from anybody. Did you say Frankenstein? I want Frankenstein. No, you want Frankenstein. I want gold, Frankenstein. Yeah, isn't that like that? Yeah, that's like. Yeah. What is that on a bronze no, platter? It's, no, it's gold Frankenstein. No. He's an agent, What's isn't that? he? Guys, He's an agent for leave somebody. Me alone. <laughs> the boyanism is a real thing. What? What? No, it's that. What's that Christmas song? They get gold and Frankenstein or something like that. <laughs> Frankincense. And Merv. What? Merv? Not Griffin. <laughs> Not many people will get that joke. That was... <laughs> We're really off topic. Okay, yes. so let me ask you. What I mean, what do you ask for if you're the New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans from whether it's Boston, LA, because you know they're gonna be getting offers from uh you know, all thirty two teams or whatever, but Boston, LA, the teams who can really give you a lot. I mean, how many picks are you asking for? What are you asking for? This price yeah. is going to be huge. Well, one thing that that I heard just this afternoon is that his agent came forward and said there's really three players or three players that he potentially wants to go to. He wants to go to the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Knicks. That's we're talking AD. Boston has way too much to to not be included in that. So are they just saying that as a bargaining, you know, as a negotiation? Point to say, hey, Boston, we're not interested. And then Boston say, look, we want them. We're going to give you the farm. You know, we're going to give you three picks and two players and, you know, try and get more out of it. I think Boston can offer probably a better package than just about anybody. Agreed. Why? Based on the players that they have, young talent that's Are good. Are you? But then they also have, with some of the things they've done here recently in other trades, they have they have other lottery. That's true. In the uh, picks in this draft. They can use so uh, I think Boston is has the most resources available to make a trade. Look, if you lose Kyrie Irving, I mean you're most likely losing Terry Rozier. I mean his comments after the day after the season was over was, I mean he's pretty much like I'm out. I'm done with this whole project. This is a joke. So uh, are you willing to really give up the future just to get Anthony Davis in Boston? You think Ir- you, you if can't? Irv- if Kyrie's gone, you think Rozier? See, I think I think that's where Danny Ainge has to come back and say, "We blew it, dude. Yeah, sorry, I agree. We we dropped the ball on I that agree. one, uh, Kyrie. We're letting him go. This is going to be your team, and and then on top of that, we're bringing Anthony Davis in, yeah. and you've got all these other supporting players that are, you know, you you go down Tatum and Smart, and of course hey, it depends on who they get rid. <laughs> you know. Is it? <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry, and, and, you weren't joking. And uh, the other question is, I mean, now Golden State, they gotta understand that they can't spend the bank anymore. 
There, you got to pay Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, he, though he's no longer available for a Supermax, he's still going to get paid from a lot of teams. He's going to get offers from a lot of teams. If Durant decides to stay, that's $35.2 you got to pay him. If Draymond Green, you got to pay him as well. And they got to pay a couple of bench guys. So, at the same time, I think some teams are going to wait and see what Golden State does, whether it's Durant, whether it's Thompson, if he decides to just pull out and go to free agency. No. No NBA team is going to sit and wait. They're all going to throw away, throw out their own offers. Th- no, they won't. They're going to try to do what they can to get the players that make them best. Everybody, in 2010, everybody waited for LeBron to go to Miami. And then people went nuts. And then teams were like, okay, well, this is what we can get. Boozer then went to, what, uh, Chicago? Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody waited on one where LeBron was going. The question is, is if teams do wait, who are they waiting for? Kawhi, Anthony Davis, if he doesn't wait, and, you know, or if he does not trade before the draft or whatever, and uh, and Kevin Durant. So you're saying there won't or be Kyrie. a Kyrie. You won't. You're saying there won't be a uh, uh, um, uh, lost his name there. OKC, Paul. Uh, Paul George. Paul George. Oh, he's sticking around now. No, no, but I'm saying last year everybody was oh, saying I see what you're he's saying. a one year deal. He's I see going what to you're LA. Saying. Yeah. And he turned around and he surprised everybody. He, he was a shocker. So do you have that where all of a sudden Kawhi, Kawhi. And this is my own personal wish. Sure. Uh, Kawhi says, you know what? Toronto's been amazing. I love it here. I'm staying. Um, so, and then with that, does that affect other players? And they're like, wait a minute. If you're staying, this team's loaded again. And Milwaukee's still here. Maybe I'll just hang out in the Western Conference with my loaded Golden State team. Does Kevin Durant get scared of Kawhi staying in Toronto and saying, I ain't touching New York? No. no. You don't think so? No. No, no. I, don't, I don't think so. He's, it's too big of a market. Uh, he's, it's it's kind of interesting in, in my mind how he's almost become a villain, a bit of a villain in Golden State. That, you know, everybody loves Curry. Everybody loves Thompson. Draymond's kind of become the guy. Iggy's the guy. And, and, all of a sudden, you're getting this talk that Golden State is better without Durant, which That's, is the most absurd thing you could possibly state. But he's almost become a villain now, and and you know, I just think he wants out. I think he's there's no reason for him to stick around. He's got some championships. The next thing on on his radar is to say, I'm going to go somewhere and create my own. What do you mean there's no reason for him to stick around? If you still got Curry, Thompson, and Green – and you get $35.2 million and you're playing for a team that's probably going to – if you play for that team, you know you're going to win another championship. Yeah, but these guys play on ego. He wants to be able to say, I went to New York. I brought New York back from the dead. You aren't going to if Kawhi stays. If Kawhi stays and Milwaukee's Milwaukee, you ain't going anywhere. Well, I wonder about Milwaukee. Uh, but you're still – it's still Kevin Durant. Yeah. Hey, Kevin Durant's not going to – He's not LeBron James. LeBron James is the only player besides Michael Jordan in NBA history to be able to take a mediocre team. And but that's exactly him. what he wants. You're missing the point. That's exactly what he wants. He wants to say Michael did it, LeBron did it, and now Kevin Durant you can put Kevin no, Durant. Kevin on Durant's that list. not good enough to do that, though. Kevin Durant is is not good enough to do that. LeBron James and Michael Jordan will be the only two players to ever be able to do that. Kevin Durant will go to New York, realize how bad it actually is, and I mean, maybe get his team to the playoffs you know in I, a really weak You Eastern can go conference. back, and I think there were people saying the same thing about LeBron. No, LeBron can't go and take a team no, over by himself. No, everybody knew LeBron could. 
Eric, with, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Right. Before no, it was, what? he's a good player that can get oh. to the playoffs, but he can't win it. He had to go to Miami to get some super help. That's such baloney. No and then he went to Cleveland. And granted, when he went to Cleveland, he didn't have great talent around him, and that really cemented his legacy as his a guy that can get it done by himself. Come on, you guys. His 07 NBA Finals team that they went and got beat by the Spurs, who were loaded at the time, he took guys like Anderson Verishow. I, I can't even remember the like the backup point guard or the uh, shooting guard. I can't remember half the guys on that basketball team. There was, uh, what, Larry Hughes, I think. I mean, guys, this was a garbage basketball team that he took in a loaded Eastern Conference at the time that included the Pistons and got his team to the NBA Finals. Everybody knew LeBron was capable of doing it. He just went to Miami because Dwayne Wade's friend was there. It had nothing to do with he couldn't win a championship without and him. And why'd they bring Chris Bosh in? Why wouldn't you? If if LeBron can do it by himself, why... Did, I mean, who recruited... Why well, try to recruit who, another big man, all-star big man? Dwayne Wade recruited Chris Bosh, not LeBron. LeBron, I mean, maybe came in and offered some advice, suggested, and said, yeah, you should come on over. Had nothing to do with LeBron James saying, I need help, give me Chris Bosh. Had nothing to do with that. LeBron knew him and Dwayne Wade alone could win an NBA championship. Absolutely. We'll, we'll never find out, but... You you go back to that time, and that was the whole discussion. It was the discussion of the next super team. You'd gotten gone from uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and um, three pointer. They've been Ray off, Allen. Ray Allen been off the air too long. You know, you went from that super team to creating the next super team, and that was the idea. Was, the The idea, plain and simple, was: Could they have won a championship? Yes. Would they have won a championship? Don't know. You add Bosch into the mix, whole different dynamics to it. Bosch wasn't the reason they won an NBA championship. Bosch was like secondary because, you know what, I'd say Mario Chalmers had a bigger impact in winning those championships than Chris Bosch did. Well, I, I go back to uh, you look at the Bulls, and I, I don't think the Bulls have the run that they do without the supporting staff or supporting cast, without Scottie Pippen without John Paxson and then Steve Kerr, without the big three-headed centers, without, who was it, Cartwright, Wennington, and there was one other in there, uh, Longley, Luke Longley. Oh, yeah. Um, I, would they have been in the mix? Heck yeah. Would they have been pushing championships uh, or, or conference finals, maybe even go to championships? Yes, they would have. But, you know, I go back to the Jazz. You know, you look at the Jazz when they had, uh, you know, when they had uh, – Stockton and Malone, Hornacek, heck of a shooter, great player, but they 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 didn't have that dynamics. I'm not saying that Chris Bosh won it for him, but I think that he was that extra piece that they needed to win it to make it a little easier for him. All right, let's discuss coming up on the other side. What do the Jazz new Jazz need to do? to be in a position to compete in the West? Hey, really, and then by the way, later in the show, can we discuss something that you found on Twitter? Uh, that's actually a pretty big deal about USU versus Utah. Can we discuss that later in the show? Uh, sure, if we have time. If we do, I think we will. It's but it's because it's so good, and you brought up such a great point to it. We have to hit that. We're also going to discuss uh, the stat that blew our minds. We do that on Tuesdays. I'm excited. I to got see one. What, what John Russell has to share with us as oh, well. Oh boy! And uh, player of the week. We'll get into all of that uh, coming up 
after this timeout here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Ricky, buena tarde. Hola, buena tarde. En directe per Catalunya Ràdio, com estàs veient això? A què parts de Penya de Moment? Bueno, partit disputat. També va ser disputat a la primera part i a la segona part el Barça es va anar allà al Palau, però avui jo crec que amb l'ajuda de l'afició podran disputar el partit i aviam si poden guanyar. El Riqui torna a casa, el Riqui està de vacances, senyores, aquests dies jugaves, que tens mono ja o què? Sí, enyoro, però bueno, també va haver descansat de tant en tant, però sí que és veritat que... És la música! 106.9 FM! Defend! We got a intro, too. If you couldn't tell, that's Ricky Rubio. And if you can't speak Spanglish... It wasn't Spanish. It was Spanglish. It was... Catalan? I don't know what... Castellano. What does he speak? What do you call that? European? It's Spanish. It's Spain Spanish. It's Castellano, which is... Because I guess it was in the Catalonia area. I don't even know. Uh-huh. Yeah. My Spanish geography. Uh, Ricky Rubio on a uh, radio station in Spain. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's just a good way to just generalize it. <laughs> it's talking about how the Jazz have told him that he is no longer a priority. Now, whether that was actually the way they said it or if they even said it at all. I, I mean, I'm guessing. He's reading between the lines. Yeah. Um. Ricky Rubio is, and we all kind of assume that he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you're going to win or contend for an NBA championship. With all due respect to Mr. Rubio, you will not contend for a championship with Rubio as your starting point guard. I'm going to argue a little bit. I, I don't, with the team made up as it is now, currently, I agree, 100%. Okay. However, we need to talk about what the draft is coming up, and then after that, you've got free agency. And, and last year... The Jazz made no moves. They they decided to pretty much stay uh, intact. Uh, Jerebko left, which was huge. Uh, which huge? I don't know. About I know huge. Yeah, huge. it was huge. A backup quality big man. Jerebko has been good this year for the Warriors. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Uh, how many minutes does he play? Maybe four. It's still quality minutes. That's huge. <laughs> uh, you lose a guy that plays four minutes a game. It's quality Woo! minutes. Man, man. We, were, we were plus 20 in, in the, those other 44 <laughs> minutes, but, man, we got killed in those four. Oh, man. Hey, do you know what? Then you guys aren't watching basketball. Drepko is playing quality minutes for the best team in the league right now. Twice. In the playoffs. I, I remember him doing two things hitting the one bucket at the beginning of the year that beat the Jazz, and then there was one playoff game where he came in and he got some minutes. You know, I, I, should, I should apologize. Jerebko played six minutes in game two. I'm sorry. Six <sighs> minutes. Okay. He did score two points, but he was a negative nine on the plus-minus. You don't even understand, and neither do I, the plus-minus, so quit pretending <laughs> like you do. So just shut it. No, it so, was uh, it, Jazz. Anyways. I would have liked to have Jerebko back. Sorry. I agree, but I don't. No, if I classify that as a huge, huge loss. loss. So the Jazz pretty much decide to stand pat, and I think a lot of people were okay with it. A lot of people thought, you know, they finished the season so well, made a nice little run in the playoffs, everybody's on track. I want to make sure everybody knows that I was I was concerned about Rubio. I, I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. That's for another show on another time. 
Um, but I knew Ricky's history. He shot way beyond his ability last year. And I and that was a concern that I had. But they're gonna have to make some changes. So your question is, can they win a championship with him at the point? It depends on what moves they make. And, and so don't give me that look. He's not a well, the, the thing with Ricky Rubio oh. is I think he's a guy that he's, he can be a facilitator. Mm-hmm. I think that he can get to the rim at times in, and do some things and attack the basket. But teams know he can't hit an outside shot. Exactly. So they can slough off of him when he's out on the three-point line and then double down on somebody else and clog a lane or get it sticky somewhere else. And he his shot was better last year than it was this year. And that's a that's a real problem. Yeah. The guy's not improving his shot. If it regresses, man, it got exposed. And it, Jazz needs somebody else who can facilitate and shoot. And, and Ricky Rubio's because, not that's that guy. The, that's the question, and, and that was the point I was getting at, is that if you end up with four other guys on the court that can create for themselves, can shoot, you want a guy that maybe is not looking for a shot that can control the offense, which Rubio does a good job at. Oh, he does control the good... So obviously now you're not watching any basketball. He doesn't have the outside shot. I agree with that completely. But if he if he has other sources and and we saw that this last year where where the Jazz struggled when other people couldn't put the ball in the basket, he was of no help. I don't think he sticks around. I and and I don't think the Jazz should. Here's the thing: is he averages? I mean, look, you look at that Rocket series. He was horrendous. Absolutely horrible. He couldn't he couldn't take care of the ball for the life of him. And you're right, his outside shot. I mean, he had a wide open three in the corner, and he airballed it. He airballed it. Uh, anytime he drove to the hoop, I mean, it was either uh, I mean, like what maybe one out of five times did he convert a layup. But he can't play good quality defense either. I don't think he's a great defensive player. Uh, he's an okay defender. You can't he's, be an okay defensive player defender. in the Western Conference. You can't be an okay defensive guy in the Western Conference. With him at the point guard, I don't care who you got on your team, you will not win an NBA championship with Ricky Rubio at point guard. Now, rumor has it, and it's by Sham, uh, saying that D'Angelo Russell uh, has four teams labeled on this list that he would like to go play for. Yeah, Bleacher Report has an article on this today. Uh, help me out here. Nets? Wait, not Nets. Sorry. Pacers, Wolves. Pacers, T-Wolves, Magic, Magic, Utah Utah Jazz. Jazz. thing is, he's a restricted free agent. So that Brooklyn can have the opportunity to match whatever Mm -hmm. offer he receives. But if they get Kyrie Irving in this Brooklyn chaos, somehow, for whatever reason, Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, they don't need to worry about matching that, right? I mean, you're not going to match D'Angelo Russell's contract if you get Kyrie. Am I crazy in saying that? No, well, there's no reason to. Yeah. That, that, that That's a good be, way to put it. There, there would be no reason unless they, you know, don't have another backup point guard because Kyrie can't play forty. So if you go I mean, after D'Lo, we're assuming one that Kemba decides to stay in Charlotte to take the supermax of two hundred twenty-one million. We're assuming that we're we that the asking price for Mike Conley is way way too high, which I'm assuming it will be. So you have to make a trade to get Conley. Right. Yeah, and that's, what I'm, and that's what I'm saying is the asking price from Memphis is two first-round picks, Derek Favors, and you know, something else, a second-round pick. For a 31-year-old injury-prone point guard. Who is going to be getting 34.6 on the table from another another team for playing 55 games last year. 
So, I mean, you're asking a lot from Memphis. If, and so you, you look over at D'Lo and say he's younger, he's fresher, he's, at his, he's just getting into his prime, just getting into his prime. That's a quality basketball player, but does he fit the Utah Jazz system is my concern, guys. Uh, he's a, what, a fourth-year player? Ye- Finish up his fourth yep. year. Fourth year, yep. Um, he's a career season for him, averaged about 21 points a game. And uh, about seven assists per game, so I like that uh, stat right there. I like that. Went to his first All Star game. Um, one went to the playoffs, helped get his team to the playoffs. So there's a lot of things about D'Angelo Russell that I like. Absolutely. Uh, here's a comment from him in the Bleacher Report. Well, this is according to New York Post. Actually, he says this is what uh, D'Angelo Russell says. He says it's more of just a waiting game as far as chess moves have to be made. There's a lot of big fish out there that have to find their destination, so I think I'll fall in line after that. There are a lot of fish out there that need to find destinations, so whenever that time comes, then I have decisions to make on my own. I think I'll be well ready for it. Hmm. Well, certainly a a pretty mature response. Let's also not forget some of the things that happened to him in L.A. Uh, We're we're really talking that he's had (laughs) one. I mean, he he went through some tough tough times, ran into some issues with – Former players and weren't their girlfriends and wives and yes, he has issues. a little bit of a past right. in his early time. But uh, apparently, he also is close friends with Carl Anthony Towns. They work out in the off season, so there's a lot of speculation that Minnesota could mm-hmm. be a, a most likely destination for him if he doesn't stay in Brooklyn. But you you bring up a good point uh, as you mentioned earlier: is where do so in his case, he's a restricted free agent, so there's no trade. Uh, being involved if they don't match yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but what what does that mean for the Jazz? Are you just going to swap those parts out and say we're letting Ricky go and we're going to pick up Russell and and move forward with the lineup that we have? I, I think they still need that other yeah. player or two. I, I think that they need a, a a power forward that can consistently draw a defender out and hit a three point shot. Um. And, I think that Crowder can do that at times, but is he really a power forward? Mm-hmm. Maybe in today's small ball, yes, he is. But uh, if you could have a six nine, six ten guy that could consistently have that kind of a threat, you don't see that in favors. No. Oh no, favors, no way. He's been trying; it's yeah. just no. not working. I mean, God bless his heart. He's he's definitely taking his his looks at it, and I think there's times where it makes Quinn Snyder really cringe, especially during a game. On I like Darren Favors. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that he can help your team with. The three is not one of them. No. <laughs> if he's willing to be a, essentially play the role of a backup senator to Rudy Gobert, but I don't think he is. I don't think he is. There's no way. And what he's got a player option next year, right? Yes. Okay, so we're, we're okay for now. But he's coming into an expiring contract, which makes him a valuable trade asset. You're, we can't trade. You can't trade favors. So there's the big I mean, problem the Jazz have right now, though, is what assets do they have that other t- people are interested? Are you interested in Thabo Cephalosha? Are you in- interested in uh, Epe Udo? Are you interested in Grayson Allen? Are you, you know, the the problem is the Jazz have put themselves in a position where I don't see a lot of teams going. Man, we we really you don't see any of the media talking about. You know, what's going to happen to, to Kemba Walker? Is he going to stay in Charlotte? What's going to happen to D'Angelo Russell, a good young point guard that's going to draw interest? What's going to happen to Jay Crowder? They're, they're, that discussion's not being had, and the Jazz have put themselves in a position where really, when you think about it, 
other than like you said, Eric, and you're right, with favors in an expiring contract, he might be attractive. And he played well last year. You know, I don't want to discount that, but he's not going to be your star go-to guy that's going to be one of those big three that Ajay clearly doesn't think is important because it's all about LeBron. Anyway. Did you ever uh, read the book, Good to Great? No, I've not. So it says the enemy of great is good. The enemy of great is not bad. The enemy it's of good. great is good. Because when you're good, sometimes you're content with being good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think what we saw in Toronto, they weren't content with just being good. They traded away one of their beloved guys to get somebody who was great. And look where it's taken them. And you actually They had a coach, coach of the year, won a ton of games in Toronto. It didn't get him where they wanted to be. So they tr- they let him go and made another decision. Look, they're in the finals. And and you hit on something that I wanted to talk to, maybe we can we can hit it uh in the next segment. But do the Jazz really need to make that huge Toronto move? Because I think more and more teams are willing to do that. They're seeing what happened in Toronto, and they're going, ooh, look at them. Yeah, we may not be where we want to be next year, but we're in the finals. And, you know, what are you talking do we get about rid of huge... Rudy? Oh, my. Do I'm we out. trade Rudy no, for not. the right position? This is bull. I'm not doing this crap. Are you serious? Man, I, I, I wish I had said this at the top of the hour. I, this, if I'd I known, it would have run him out of here. Well, you have to certainly have a core, right? And Toronto had that, but they also <laughs> they were also willing to say, "Look, what if we have an opportunity to get even better than we are? Mm-hmm. What do we need to do to become better than what we are? It's well, going to be uncomfortable, and people not may not like it initially because we're going to trade away one of our." You're not guys. entertaining this, are you? No, I'm not saying you trade away Rudy Gobert. Okay, I'm not saying you oh trade because that would be that would be silly. That'd be catastrophic to the organization. It yes. would ruin him and set him back years and years that we can never make up. Right, because you just have to recognize the special talent that you do. Thank have. you. Okay, I'm back. We're good. You can See, why'd you do that? You can come back. Why oh. did you do that? Jeez, at least there's a little comments. I mean, welcome, John. But my, I mean. Okay, quickly though, look. Here's a quick rundown of some of the key, like shooting guards, especially because. Some of the other scorers that the Jazz probably should be looking at, and based on what they're working out in the uh, in these uh, pre-draft workouts, they're looking a lot at guys that can facilitate and score. Uh, Jimmy Butler probably not going to come to Utah. No. Uh, Clay Thompson, I don't see why the Jazz shouldn't make a run at him. I doubt they'll get him, but I think he would fit in very well with Jazz system. Uh, J.J. Redick, Terrence Ross. Danny Green, Rodney Hood. <laughs> he had a resurgence in Portland. I don't know if he'll come well. back to Utah. Uh, Jeremy Lamb. Maybe he's the Hornet the Jazz need that's not named Kimball Walker. Seth Curry. Uh, help you out with that point guard play. Austin Rivers and Wayne Ellington, some of the top 10 uh, potential free agents out there that are shooting guards or scorers. Scoring guards, let's put it that way. So there, and there's some other guys too that we, we keep hearing about. Tobias Harris, he's more of the small forward type position, um, and I think there's a lot that's out there. Question is, there, how how will the Jazz fit into this frenzy that will start on June 30th? Uh, I think it'll start actually before then, uh, leading up to the draft. So I think we're just a few weeks away, but. Uh, because there's going to be some trades that will happen, then the draft will happen, and then it'll be free agency. And these free agents will look at what are these, what's this team doing? 
how aggressive are they? How serious are they at making a run? Mm -hmm. And do I believe that I can fit in there and help them take that next step? Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I but my prediction is is the Jazz will make some moves, but you're not going to see a big time a big name coming. They're going to look for that up and coming guy, the guy that's you know had a couple of good years in a, at a at a uh, uh, at, with a team, but because of the dynamics of the team, their their ability to broaden their their role is going to be limited, and they're going to look at the Jazz and go, okay, here's a team that offensively they need help. I can do that, and I can do it right away. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris, I, I I'm a big fan of him. And I'd love to know what's going through his head, Me but too. but he's got to sit back and look at it. You're number four. If they keep signing <laughs> Embiid, Butler, if he sticks around, and Simmons, they're your first three yeah. three guys. Do you want to be the number four guy, or do you want to go to a place like Utah where all of a sudden you're going to be the number two scorer, offensive threat, and and all of a sudden your your vision, uh, your visibility, is a little greater. All right, we've got to do this. We've got to take a step aside, another call, another timeout here on the Full Court Press. And uh, we've got the, the our player of the week we want to talk about, a stat that blew our minds. And uh, let's get a little bit of college World Series, softball World Series, and an interesting report of the Deseret News, a Q&A with the athletic director at the University of Utah. And we're going to see how you react to the, what he had to say about Utah State. That's coming up ahead on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, John Russell in the building. Yeehaw. Hey, you'll be here for Thursday for pick six. Maybe? I will do my best. We'd love to have. I think pick six would be awesome because I want to see Eric take third instead of second. I just think that would be so cool. <laughs> pick six plus a PAT. There you go. I like Ooh, that. Uh, that's good. He's got to join us for pick six. That'd be that'd be All way right. fun. I'll uh, be here. Um, sorry. Where, where do you want to hit player of the week? Do you want to hit your? Let's do this for the sake of time. Let's do our player of the week. Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. We'll do our player of the week and a stat that blew my mind. And for those like. John, who are maybe new to this, just as a reminder, on Tuesdays, we look back at the week that was and look at somebody that particularly stood out to us on the field of play and name them our individual player of the week. And it's been a rare case that we've come to the same conclusion on this same player. So it's usually somebody a little bit different in our minds. Um, For me, I have to look at Draymond Green as my player of the week. I think that he has been as much a part of what's been going on for the success of Golden State with the absence of Kevin Durant as Steph Curry has been. Um, Ten rebounds in each of the first two games. Nine assists on Sunday. Ten assists on game one. Um, He's had a block. He's he's had uh, steals in each game. Um, He has been instrumental, I believe, in helping this team. And he, especially in game two, uh, really took Pascal Siakam out of his rhythm early mm-hmm. and then was able to turn his attention to Kawhi Leonard later. And so Pascal Siakam was not anything like he was in game one. And that's 
by and large, because of the defensive effort by Draymond Green. Isn't he incredible to watch on the defense? I mean, he's just all over the place. He's so energetic, and I, and I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's doing right now. I, oh, I, I think he's just fun to watch. And you know what? A lot of teams or a lot of people hate him outside the NBA, but if you had him on your team, you'd love him, and you'd be talking about him. Uh, so I was trying to, all day actually, trying to find um, the uh, softball pitcher. We were talking about college softball yesterday, right? Dude, that's mine. That is that yours that's too? Mine. Yeah. Well, can we share ours then? Well, if you like, so I mean, it's same pitcher, uh, player for UCLA. Oh my um, gosh! <clears throat> excuse me. Her name is Rachel Garcia. She was not only the Pac-12 pitcher of the year; she was also their player of the year. She plays uh, on on both sides of the plate. She she pitches and she's a hitter. Uh, just a phenomenal talent. And for me, you know, this is painful. As an Arizona Wildcat fan, to say that a UCLA player is is my player of the week, this is painful. But uh, the uh, College World Series, the uh, Softball World Series, is going on now between UCLA and Oklahoma. O- Oklahoma is ranked number one. I think they've only lost four games all year. UCLA comes in and crushes them. But this is the line. Garcia pitches five innings, gives up three hits and one run. But in addition to that, from the plate, she has five at-bats, two hits, Four RBIs and a home run. Um, just absolute dominant performance. She was a Pac-12 Rookie of the Year. She was Player of the Year her sophomore and junior year, Pitcher of the Year her junior year. Uh, next year, she's just going to take over the, the full-court press and uh, and run that as well. <laughs> yeah. Just do it all. She's going to do it all. That, so that's the, incredible, that's though. That's my uh, Player that's of the Week. That's amazing. Yeah, I had the same thought. So we'll, uh, we'll combine ours for this week. No, we won't. Yes, we it's will. my thought. Oh, I had the same idea. I just couldn't find her name. Yeah. A.K.A. <laughs> Nobody did. He didn't do it. Oh, yeah. You know, I did, too. <laughs> didn't do his research. All right. Let's get to a stat that blew my mind. Uh, I went first last time. So, I.J., okay. why don't you lead off this time? And we'll or do you want you me really to go so you can jump on board again? <laughs> that's right. Why don't I go first? And then you go, oh, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go first. Go ahead. Uh, so the Golden State Warriors have won. Uh, so they've been in the playoffs, I mean, s- since 2012-13 straight, consecutive to now. They have won at least one road game in each series since 2012-13. Do you know how hard that is to do? In 23 straight series, they have won at least one road game. And you're talking about teams like Houston, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, uh, Lakers. I, I mean, they're. I mean, they they continue to face some of the best teams on the road in the playoffs, and they find a way. I mean, we've always talked about it. If you get one road win, you've got yourself a shot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Twenty three straight series, they've won at least one road game. Wow, that's impressive. That's amazing. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Mine's better, but you know that was good. Try. <laughs> um. So. Uh, lots going on in the sports world right now. You've got the NBA championship. Stanley Cup is going on. Um, you know, baseball's starting to get into the swing of it. Lots of things going on. Uh, the Tiger watch is on hand. Everybody wants to know what he's doing. French Open, though, is going on right now. Cricket. And, I love cricket. And they need to rename the French Open the Rafa Nadal Open. He has never lost a semifinal or final at Roland Garros. So if what, he, if how many he gets that? to that point, 11, he's 11-0, and 0, 
in semifinal and final matches wow. at Roland Garros. That's amazing. Uh, just it's it's his. And and what's impressive is a lot of those wins are against Roger Federer, who's considered the greatest tennis player of all time. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's just give him the trophy now. Don't even bother playing. He's it's all his. Eleven and zero. That's a, that's incredible. That's incredible. It's better nudges. Wasn't it? Cool story, dude. All right, let's move on. All right, there were a lot of amazing things that happened in Game Two of the NBA Finals, um, and it was a little bit tough for me to settle on one. I mean, there was Kawhi Leonard who set an NBA Finals record of sixteen of sixteen from the free throw line, set a record for perfect. Uh, a number of perfect free throws. Um, also, the 20 unanswered points by the Golden State Warriors, the largest run in NBA Finals since the NBA-ABA merger in 1976 or 1977. But ultimately what I settled on was that Golden State had a 100% assist rate in the second half. All 22 made field goals were assisted on. On the game, 34 assists for 38 field goals. If that doesn't scream team basketball, nothing does. There was only four plays, only four made baskets that were unassisted where somehow it was an isolation or someone who was driven the ball just a little bit too long to be considered having been an assist. That That's a great stat, but what makes it even more impressive, it was on the road. Yes. Yeah. So where, where you're tending, you know, you're likely to get a few fewer calls and, and you know, numbers. So... Perfect in the second half. That's that's absolutely amazing. Run. That's amazing. So uh, can they do something similar in Game Three? We do know that Kevin Durant is out. Clay Thompson is questionable. Is Iggy good to go? Uh, I believe Iggy is. He Andre says Goudala he's going to go. Is available. Good. His cousin should be available. Kevin Looney is out. Fracture, right? Yeah, he's out for the series. Oh. So it'll be a little bit different look for the Golden State Warriors in Game 3 when it shifts to sure. California. Sure. All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, an interesting comment from the Athletic Director of the University of Utah about potential future games between the Utes and the Aggies on the football field. We'll talk about it next in the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, John Russell in the building with us today. Hey, are we allowed to announce that we're on iTunes or no? That they can people I think can find you us on did, iTunes? didn't you? Well, okay, fine. I'll just announce it. We're on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes. So if you have iTunes, go on iTunes and find us. That's right. Subscribe to you the can listen to me. podcast feed. You would, you would love to listen to me. Don't Awkward. give me that. Direct to you. Okay, that was weird. All right, so uh, <laughs> there, an article in the Deseret News, the new athletic director for the University of Utah, Mark Harlan. Interesting human. It was a question and answer period, and... There was a a question about scheduling for the Utes, and the question was, and what about Utah State? This is what this was his reply. Utah State is interesting. John Hartwell and I have spoke recently on this particular matter. We have some teams that play them. We have some teams that maybe don't. If it's in the best interest of the University of Utah to play Utah State, we'll take a good look at it. 
So in other words, that annoys me to no end. In other to hear words, that. if we think we want, if, oh. if it's according to our terms, it worked best for us. We'll think about it. John, help us. Just I don't dare talk. <sighs> well, this, the, I mean, this is just ultimately the 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 big insult that uh, Utah likes to throw around, and and the fact they like to just say, you know, you're there at our beck and call. And if we need you, we're gonna we're gonna use you. But if we don't, you know, thanks, but no thanks. It's annoying on two levels. One that he has that attitude, mm-hmm. yeah, and then that continues to be pervasive at the University of Utah. But the second is that this has been going on now for several years, and Aggie fans just accept it. Like, okay, they're Pac-12, whatever. Battle of the Brothers. Maybe it just didn't really mean anything before. Because if BYU made comments like that, it'd right. be like, the world's coming to an end. Yeah. How could they say such a thing? Get out the pitchforks. Get out the torches. Let's storm Provo. You know, it would be like the worst thing ever. But University of Utah says it, and everybody's like, eh, okay. Just take it as it is. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some people that are, that are reacting and getting upset. But by and large, Aggie fans... They don't seem to care. I don't get it. I, why is it there such frustration and outrage towards the University of Utah over stuff like this? Because it was BYU doing something similar, you know, we'd all be hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. That that that's a great point, and and I think it's just because of the, uh, you know, the pervasive feeling is that there's just more more dislike for BYU here in Cache Valley than there is for for you know, those folks down in Salt Lake. Uh, and and I don't know whether it has to do with the fact that, see, I think a lot of people have the problem with the BYU at this point because of the whole independence feeling. That, that they sit back and they look at BYU and they go, look, they, they, are, they feel like they're so good that they don't even need a conference. They can do their own thing. You can you can't blame UCLA or UCLA. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Gertz. You're good. You can't blame Utah because they went to the Pac-12, and if Utah State got invited to the Pac-12, we'd be all over it. BYU, no, nah, we're we're good by ourselves. We don't need anybody. I'm with you. I'm with both of you. This is, I mean, an insult, and it and it's Utah having its ego that we're in the Pac-12, so we're better than everybody. Come play us. We'll find out how good you really are. Uh, I- the Aggies have had the last uh, last year, obviously, very good football season. Uh, this upcoming season should be another good one too. So it's not going to be this big blemish on your record or your strength yeah. if you why play, play Weber State? State. Right? Why, why? Why would you be willing to play Northern, Northern Illinois? Illinois? Mm-hmm. Why would you go to Fresno when you got somebody who will play you yeah. in your own backyard? That's frustrating. And you'll man. sell more tickets. Ah, it's crazy. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight. Odd Couple coming up next. See you tomorrow, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. If you followed the Warriors' championship run, it's no surprise that Andre Gudala hit a game-sealing three the other night. The 2015 Finals MVP has been hitting shots like that for a long time. But he'll never be a headline performer on this team. Players like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are different. But time and time again, we're reminded it's not just the superstars that step up on the big stage. So often it comes down to someone like Igudala or Robert Ory, Mario Eli, John Paxson, Bruce Bowen, Steve Kerr. By now, we pretty much know what to expect out of the mega superstars. Now it's up to the role players. 
with the Raptors and the Warriors tied at a game apiece, who will step up next? An unknown like Quinn Cook or Alfonso McKinney for Golden State or a key bench player like Fred Van Bleet for Toronto. That's one of the reasons the finals are so much fun. You never know exactly who will play a big role in determining the next NBA champion. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.